Episode 100, April 2015. In this episode, Obi Fernandez, developer, author, and founder of Hashrocket, talks about his newest venture, Andela, the apprenticeship model and developer bootcamps. Obi also shares his insights about distribution of talent, explains how they want to educate 100,000 developers, transform Africa, and influence a billion people's lives in the near future. Hi, my name is Obi Fernandez, and I am Chief Technology Officer of Andela. We are a company headquartered in New York, but operating primarily in Africa. We are premised on the idea that opportunity is not distributed very well across the globe. It actually exists primarily in, in you know, Western developed nations in Europe. Uh, however, human brilliance is not. We believe that there's quite a bit of human brilliance that's untapped in Africa. Uh, so we are operating in Africa and training 100,000 young Africans to code and to be awesome people uh, over the course of the next 10 years. And we hope that via this mission, we'll be able to positively impact 1 billion people on the continent. Can you tell us what is your responsibility at Andela? Uh, sure, yeah. As uh, as CTO, I'm, I'm part of the executive committee that, that runs the company. Uh, I also am primarily responsible for recruitment of talent into our pipeline. Of, uh, of people for, for training and place. And I'm also responsible for training. So the, the programs that we put in place to, to do technical and professional development training. And uh, also, of course, as CTO, I'm a bit uh, responsible for our technology, some of which is developed in-house and, and somewhat unique to our needs. Um, is it for-profit? Yes, we are a for-profit company. We are venture-backed. And the reason that we're not a nonprofit company, even though we're social mission driven, is that nonprofits face very big limitations as to what they can do and how they can do it. And they end up spending a lot of their energy on fundraising and justifying their expenditures. So there's a lot of good reasons for us to be structured in the way that we are. But our, our motive is primarily uh, to help Africa, to help uh, you know, young people achieve their, their full potential. It's not primarily profits. And can you talk a little bit about more about the long-term vision of Andela? Uh, the the long-term vision is to you know to help uh, young people in developing nations all around the world to to be, be tied into the the networks that that actually provide opportunity in, in ways that we take for granted in the Western world. You know, and to that end, we we call ourselves a global talent accelerator. It, we are not specifically training necessarily just software developers you know there's other things that we'll look into um, getting into as well uh, but I think what will be common throughout our history if you know if our vision holds is that um, we're, we're taking young people that have remarkable uh, high problem-solving capabilities creativity uh, and drive and, and giving them avenues for success do you have any plans for sharing like your curriculum other resources in an open source manner yeah, I think so over time. Uh, right now, we make home study materials available to, to everyone that applies to the program. It's, it's, part of the, it's part of the preparation that goes into the, the earliest stages of our recruitment funnel. So in order for, for people to be well qualified to, to, be, uh, you know, to apply to the Indela program, which is a, a four-year fellowship, they have to do a bit of home study. And, and I'm sure that as we develop more and more tools, you know, we're, we're going to follow the lead of, of some of the more progressive schools like Flatiron, uh, who are doing a great job of, of actually open sourcing their content. What made you choose to work on this project in particular? The, the role, my role at Andela sits at the intersection of quite a few things that, I, that I've been working on throughout my career. So I worked at ThoughtWorks for four years during formative part of my career and was, was certainly deeply influenced by 
my time there by having Roy Singham, the chairman of ThoughtWorks, you know, d directly as a mentor and having a lot of working quality time with him while we were building Ruby practice, you know, influenced by some of the thinking that went into that business and, and certainly applied some of that. But I was also an instructor at ThoughtWorks University in Bangalore and got to live there. Yeah, they, they have they have a program uh, which is basically for freshers out of university. And we, we take them and we fill in the knowledge and, and experience that they don't have that they need in order to be an effective thoughtless consultant. And that covered everything from soft skills to professional behavior to architecture, uh, you know, to, to design and project management and also elements of coding. And so that, that experience of living and working in Bangalore, which in 2006, I don't know how it is now, but in 2006 was certainly uh, still a very developing place and, you know, still had a lot of poverty and a lot of uh, very dramatic things to, to someone who had not spent time in the developing world was formative for me. I was very happy. And if, if I didn't have family commitments, I, I probably would have stayed there. So um, that always stuck in the back of my mind. And, and also I, I have, uh, you know, my, my, my partner, since to be wife, has worked extensively in the NGO field. She left a career in finance to, to go into working uh, for NGOs in India, working with leper colonies, and then later was involved in uh, ventures to help uh, uh, indigenous people in Kenya uh, set up uh, solar energy, you know, for their villages. So we've been together now for a few years, and we're we're raising uh, our seven-year-old son together. And it's certainly, you know, she wants to get back into it as well. Uh, over time, she has her own ideas around uh, educational empowerment for young women, and uh, being able to work on a project that you know that brings together my twenty years of technology and consulting and progressive ideals. With, with something that's so compatible with her personally has been uh, pretty amazing. Also, uh, you know, no less important is that the startup team at Andela is fantastic. I'm actually uh, coming in as one of the more humble <laughs> members of the team, which is not usually the case, uh, you know, to be frank. In what sense? In the sense of uh, achievement and, uh, you know, to, to, you know, to give you an example, Jeremy Johnson, our CEO, took his company public. It was the first EdTech IPO in 10 years, a company called 2 very, very successful provider of online uh, degrees for some of the most prestigious schools in the world, uh, you know, like Berkeley, UNC, Georgetown, etc. They, they essentially white label, so you, you don't normally see the brand to you, but it's had a very, very successful IPO. Uh, Christina, our COO, Christina Sass, uh, worked for many years for President Clinton at Clinton Global Initiative, involved in the, the African. Uh, and their African programs, and also worked with the MasterCard, uh, the MasterCard Foundation, one of the largest NGOs in the world. Also in Africa, before that, she was building rural schools in, in China. Our uh, VP of External Affairs, who handles uh, you know, sales and communications and things like that. Uh, his name is Adam Frankel. He was one of Obama's uh, first uh, speechwriters and served uh, as part of his team for five years. Uh, so, you know, has a direct line to the president. Uh, you, you know, it's not every day you get to work with such a stellar team, you know, and uh, the, the effect of bringing people together that are so committed to a cause and who already have success and experience and working towards it uh, can be quite remarkable. You know, you get exponential effects, both in terms of results and also in attracting other top talent. It's been relatively easy to get people excited about wanting to join and, and to come on board. We even had some relocate from, from the United States to Nigeria, which is no small feat. <laughs> How are you splitting up your time between the States and Nigeria? 
Uh, I'm traveling to Nigeria about every six to eight weeks. Uh, we are looking at expansion plans in the summer to probably at this point either Kenya or Ghana or South Africa. So we're, we're going to be running our first boot camps uh, in those countries over the course of the next few months because we are in a pretty aggressive uh, timetable to, to expand. So yeah, I, I still think I'll be coming every six to eight weeks or so. Uh, you know, I come and I spend anywhere from one to three weeks on site and it, it's wonderful. I, I, I love it. The, the energy and the spirit and, and you know, I, I, I love the people and the smiles and the food and, and certainly um, doesn't, you know, not, not scared of getting, you know, hopping on the back of a motorbike to get around riding on the, you know, the KJ's uh, taxis. Does the name Mandela have a special meaning? Uh, I think it was one of the candidate names that we just liked the way that it sounded. And, and you know, naming is a tricky thing because there's, there's often name clashes with other, other entities. Sometimes it's hard to spell or things like this. And this one just happened to, to evoke the, you know, the right feeling. And, uh, you know, of course, uh, evoked Mandela, who, who was a great hero in Africa and in the world, really. And it uh, just felt right. Can you go a bit more into detail how the program works and what it consists of? Yeah, sure. So... Um, You don't have to have any particular background, although a lot of our students end up uh, having read computer science or electroengineering or something uh, and have tertiary education here. The issue is that the tertiary education that's available in most developed um, focuses a lot on memorization and a lot of academic knowledge is not necessarily put into practice, uh, you know, as a working developer. And often the way that it's studied is such that, you know, you, you don't retain much practical knowledge that, that's useful for day to day. So as a result, even though there's thousands and thousands of students getting these degrees in places like Nigeria, the, the market uh, still finds itself having to, to retrain heavily if they want to employ them. This is, you know, that, and that's talking just about the, the fledgling domestic market, right? So um, if, uh, if you consider the global market, they, they really have a difficult time competing with, with their peers that are better prepared in more progressive uh, educational environments. I mean, I've, I've had some of our students tell us that they study computer science but didn't get to touch a computer until their final year. So really what you need is a, is a burning desire to better yourself and to, to, work, you know, to help contribute towards the mission. Because we're at the early stages of such a big vision, you know, everyone that we hire now is, is going to play a, a key role in, in, in being part of our foundation. So, you know, we look for uh, people that are very driven, that are very capable of working hard, and, but that are also combining that with uh, high intelligence and high experience intellectual disposition. So we do some rigorous testing at, at the early stages, basically to apply you know, to complete a problem-solving assessment and personality profile that gives us an idea of how you test for these factors and then uh, based on the results of that we then you know select a subset uh, to interview and just and just verify and it, it, mostly we're making sure that you understand the commitment right because it's a, it's a four-year commitment so it's something it, it's our guarantee to them that for, for four years you know if they if they're hired and they work hard that you know they'll have a job and that throughout that time we'll be helping them with professional development and um, basically the way that it works is that if you make it through the interviewing process which uh, about 25 people do every month uh, soon to be 50 we invite you to take part in a two-week boot camp here in Lagos Nigeria 
So you have, you have to get yourself here. You don't have to pay anything to attend the boot camp, but you do have to be present every day. And it's a, it's a pretty intense program where we teach you the basics of programming, of JavaScript, and some HTML and CSS. The content of the program is not so important. What we're looking for is basically grit and determination and the ability to, to teach yourself and, and help yourself, you know, and, and not get frustrated by an intense environment. Um, because we're basically creating a small, uh, you know, simulation of what the greater training programming experience will be. So out of those 25, normally at the end of two weeks, we have about seven to 10 that we want to hire and we extend them offers. So we've been hiring seven to 10 people a month. We're, we're now at about 70 people in the training program and perhaps 100 uh, people in the organization. And how does the day-to-day -day look like? Is it uh, nine to five or longer? How many hours are the students coding, stuff like that? It's at least eight hours a day. Sometimes it's longer. Many of our students live and work here in a facility uh, that we have called Amity, uh, which is our first significant uh, campus uh, expenditure. So uh, we spent about a quarter million dollars to, to renovate uh, an old uh, hospital and turn it into a, a live work facility. So it sleeps about 50 people and about can work comfortably here. Um, the, the day schedule, On an average day, uh, you know, it may start with breakfast around 8, 8.30, and then after that, there, there may be a group professional development session, like today we had a, a guest speaker from Unilag, uh, which is the University of Lagos. Uh, she talked a bit about her experience. We had some guests, and then we had a presentation. Uh, after that, the, the big group broke up into smaller teams, and they went back to their, to their normal uh, work. So um, essentially, uh, there's a, in the beginning of the training program, there's two months of Basic training, so this is like uh, algorithms, computer science basics, uh, things that can be done uh, in instructor-led and individual study kinds of, of ways. And, and then after two months, we transition to realistic project experience where the, they are divided into teams and working under the direction of a product slash project manager who attempts to give them as realistic of, as possible a project experience. Uh, you, you know, they'll have changing requirements, they'll have deadline pressure, they'll have new technologies to learn, they'll be, you know, having to merge code and do pull requests and, you know, deal with conflicts and, and things like that. So we're basically testing them during that time. And when, once we get to four or five months, uh, the goal is to have them placed with a Western company as a remote uh, junior developer. And once they are placed, they are, they are a member of that team that we place them. So in essence, we function as a staffing company. Our contracts are long-term contracts. So, you know, we're looking to, to place people for a year or longer. They, they really are part of our, our partner clients' uh, teams. You know, so we offer them a lot of help in the beginning. We give them mentorship. We give them uh, all sorts of assistance to make sure that they uh, establish trust and, and are able to get off to a good start. And then the, uh, over time, uh, they, they're, so, they're so smart and they're so driven. They work so hard that you know, the, the clients in general tend to fall in love with them and you know, work, you know, give them interesting work to do. And the whole thing just kind of works out really well. What are common problems that your students have to face before, during, and after their program? Because there's little in the way of opportunity here. You know, in, in many cases, this is the best opportunity that they have that actually works out in our favor in terms of people wanting to stay with the program for, for much time. In fact, many of them express concern about what happens as, you know, like, uh, are we going to be forced to leave and things like that. Family pressure uh, is, is often a concern, something that ends up uh, 
presenting some issues. It's a traditional culture. There may be a lot of emphasis on, on continuing education. So, you know, we've had a handful of, of people that have left because the, the family did not agree with their participation in the program and wanted them to get a master's degree. And because it's a traditional culture, you know, the, the, the wishes of, of your parents are, are usually come first. So there's things like that. There's, uh, there's also struggles just uh, many of our fellows do not have professional experience. Some of the things we take for granted, you know, like the ability to to get some jobs while you're in college or, or even high school and, and have some experience working, uh, you know, having to communicate with coworkers, having to communicate with bosses, you know, having expectations put on you, things like that. So some of these things are are just not 100% distributed here. So, so especially some of our younger fellows may not have had any professional experience whatsoever. Other than that, I, I, I think they're just normal things that any junior developer would have. You know, it's like basically learning how to ask for help, when to feel confident, when to feel humble, you know, the, the, the kinds of things that come with experience. Uh, so our, our biggest challenge in, in my training group is to provide safe opportunities for failure, for, you know, and, and for opportunities to, to learn the, the lessons that you would have to learn the hard way in the real world. And what are some obstacles that especially female applicants have to face in places like Nigeria when they plan to attend a developer accelerator like this? Yeah, uh, we, we actually did an all-female boot camp uh, for our fourth cohort. We produced a small YouTube video about it, which is worth watching if you have a special interest in it. Uh, but basically, yeah, some of, some of the things they talk about is basically how you know, some of the sexist attitudes around uh, whether women should actually be developers, you know, like basically what if you have to stay up all night debugging code, uh, but you have kids that you have to feed and get off to school in the morning and things like that. So generally speaking, there are some mental hurdles to, to overcome and there, you know, but, but we have some remarkable young women that, you know, are, are fighting those, you know, fighting the battle and, and wanting to prove themselves that they're every bit as capable as the, as the young men. And in many cases, they, you know, they, they are, you know, some of our most uh, bright shining stars uh, in the program, uh, you know, just in terms of uh, smarts and responsibility and communication skills. But I, I think the lack of, of strong technical role models is, is probably uh, one of the bigger challenges and one that we seek to address by actually getting Western mentors that, that are young women themselves to, to or older women for that matter, to, to be mentors for our young women. And what were the reasons for doing a female-only bootcamp? And what lessons have you learned from that approach? Uh, the, the reasons were that we wanted to increase our percentage, uh, you know, our gender diversity, because I think before that we were only at perhaps 15% at most. And uh, I think these days we're, we're up around 35 plus percent. Uh, so, so doing that female cohort was, uh, was interesting and was a good way to raise it. Um, it did significantly because there's proportionally less females that are that are attracted to the program, which you know may may be some of, of how we're advertising it, but it certainly has a lot to do also with just traditional expectations. Uh, so in order to to meet our high standards uh, for the the people that we allow to to be part of the program, you know we, we had to do considerably more recruitment. You know, of the of the candidate pool. In general, what do you think are key aspects to make accelerator programs like Andela, apprenticeships, developer bootcamps, whatever? What makes them work? I think that there has to be a, a bigger picture. I don't. I don't think that you can just be trying to train coders. I think there's relatively little value to, to training coders. I, I'm actually a big fan of Abby Flambeau's approach at Flatiron, which uh, hopefully I described fairly. But I mean, he he told me something along the lines of, you know, he wants to graduate awesome people. So when you take a holistic uh, 
approach and you, you look at what you're doing is basically building the confidence of people that could do this for themselves if they if they knew how to do it the the fact that you're unlocking their you know their true potential um I think is a key factor in the success. You know, you, you can't put the emphasis just on the technical knowledge um, because actually, if you put the if you put too much emphasis just on the technical knowledge, I, I think that the implicit message you're sending is that that is the only important aspect of being a good software person, and it's actually not. You know, communication, networking, these things like setting expectations, knowing when to be humble, knowing when to be confident. How to present yourself, you know, how to speak to clients, how to speak to other people that are working with you and for you. I mean, all of these things are very, very important. And we haven't even talked about aesthetic design and attention to detail and all these other sort of soft skills that come into play in making one a good, good uh, resource to, you know, to any team that, that you join. So one of the things I really love about Indela is that we have them for four years. You know, the other big difference, too, is that we're, we're, we're paying them. So um, if you make it through the boot camp, you know, you, we actually we give you uh, a contract and you're a paid salary benefits uh, employee of Andela. And the level that we start you at, uh, which is approximately 81,000 gross uh, you know, salary per month uh, in Naira here, puts you, I believe, in the top 4% of earners in Nigeria, which is uh, solidly middle class and is transformative right off the bat, you know, for many of their lives. So we're starting to track things like social impact and savings and, and what's happening with, with some of that money. But, you know, we do know anecdotally, you know, there, there's people who have family members that are getting, you know, medical procedures that, are, that they were not able to have before. We know that some of them are buying land, property and things like that. So, so it's already having a transformative effect. But every, every student, I keep, you know, I keep coming back to this, uh, like basically we take our mission very, very seriously. So every student that I, that I talk to when they join the program, I sit them down and say, look, our, our mission is to train 100,000 young Africans. You're a foundational part of that effort. If the only thing that you manage to do is to get selfish benefit out of this program, graduate, get married, have children, sit on your couch and, you know, have a stable, you will be a failure in our eyes. And, and you must take that seriously, you know. It, if it's only good for you personally or for your family, then we, we will not have set out to, to do what we want to do, you know, which is to have you be the next generation of leaders on the continent, you know. You, you know how people talk about a PayPal mafia or, you know, the eBay mafia, things like that. Like, we, in, into the faces of the young people that we employ here, we see how smart they are, we see how driven they are, and we know that what we're creating is is like basically a, a class of people who are going to be transforming Africa. The support that they'll have amongst themselves and the network that, that they're building, you know, amongst the, the startup team at Andela and basically all the people that we're connected to will be unlike anything that, that has come before, I think. Uh, recently, ThoughtBot uh, partnered with Andela, right? Can you tell us more about this partnership? We, we do get on occasion... People who are interested in working with us and who have more of a project-based need as opposed to wanting to hire a couple of junior developers from us so that, you know, they, they would rather give us like a, a defined set of work and have us do it. So we can't do that because we all we have is junior people and, and you, you can't really do an effective job with just junior people. You know? So what I did was uh, I spoke to Chad at, at ThoughtBot and said, um, 
you know, would you like to, to strike up a sort of partnership where when we get this kind of incoming interest, you know, we, we speak to you guys and, and we do this deal together. Uh, because what we can provide is a couple of junior people as an add-on to a ThoughtBot team. And then um, basically once the project transitions past active development, you know, which with ThoughtBot, since they're so good, you know, maybe three or four months even, then our Andela developers can be the staff that continues doing maintenance and added feature development going forward. So it seemed like a very good partnership. And they're also providing to us the ability to send some people to do apprenticeship uh, in New York City. So uh, we have one fellow in New York City right now through, through the middle of June who is apprenticing in their famous apprenticeship program there uh, in the way that they do it. And, you know, we're hoping that he comes back and, uh, well, we, we know he'll come back, but, you know, that when he comes back, he's able to, you know, basically translate his experience as being an apprentice there into best practices and things uh, that others can learn from here. How do you describe education done right in the future? And what's broken about education from your perspective in the present? We're, we're trying to establish uh, an educational model that could compete with existing tertiary educational models. I, mean, I think what's broken about education, especially in, the, uh, especially in developing nations, is you know, this emphasis on rote memorization and, and you know, just pleasing the, the instructor, you know, the professor. And that really leads to, to students who graduate not being competitive in the marketplace and requiring a lot of um, uh, employment. So I think that it, it's certainly not for all fields, but there are things like software development which lend themselves to apprenticeship. And I think you can create these hybrid models where uh, you have some formalized structure in place for, for curriculum, especially around professional development, which you could generalize to just say human development and uh, which also include a component where the student is working and earning income that actually pays for the education. So, you know, in, in Western nations where either the government or, you know, rich parents or relatively rich parents are paying for the education, it's not a big deal. But if, uh, you know, in developing nations where there is no money to, to fund, uh, you know, a good comprehensive education, then, then being able to combine things you know, the education with an apprenticeship model that, that earns money is actually, uh, we think, a, a pretty good way to go. And, and we envision that Andela over time be competitive with your typical university options. What would you say are great strategies for developers to improve their skills? So it's just practice, right? You know, I'm, I'm kind of endlessly fascinated by Ecole 42 uh, in Paris and, you know, these programs where... Uh, that basically assume that the information that you need, the knowledge that you need, is already on the internet. It's just a matter of getting good at finding it. I generally find that to be true. You know, uh, I think I think most of us, even those those of us that are considered experts, uh, you know, still end up going to Stack Overflow on a regular basis. You know, and, and looking for things. Uh, in fact, you know, you could argue that that's part of what makes a good developer is being able to find an answer quickly that you don't know because the the world, even within a particular niche. The world of knowledge that you have to know to be effective is, is, is uh, quite a bit bigger than what the normal person would fit in their brain. So um, I think that's really the key skill nowadays is, you know, being able to know what you know and know what you don't know and to, to have a broad enough knowledge of the different fields that, you know, that are touched. For instance, full web stack is incredibly difficult, you know, just from the perspective of having to know. HTML, CSS, JavaScript, potentially another language if you're, you know, if you're using Rails or Python or something like that, or Go. Database skills, you know, whether it's NoSQL or SQL and SQL queries and things like that. Uh, 
performance analysis, uh, you know, REST principles, uh, deployment strategies, and DevOps. You know, the, the world of a full website developer is actually quite complex. Uh, plus, everything related to Git and all the, your command line tools and your editor. And, you know, so it's, it's a lot. Uh, and I think getting good at it is just a matter of practice, uh, you know, just like any other skill that, that is complicated. That. And the more uh, that you can relegate to, to muscle memory, like, you know, I've seen people get so good at them over time that, you know, you can only describe the way they use it as muscle memory. It, it really all comes down to a matter of practice. You know, that, that's one reason why this is four years, why Indala is four years, because while the emphasis is not necessarily technical, we know that it takes a good amount of time, potentially up to four years, to for someone to truly be able to start moving around confidently in, in, in the circles of world-class developers. You know, before that, you're still, uh, you know, perhaps pretending. <laughs> and also gives, I think, the fellows enough time to build up confidence, I guess. Yeah, confidence is very, very important. Mm -hmm.